Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. What does wealth mean to you? What does investing mean to you? Do you think about how to put the two together? Or do you worry about it? Well, Erica Cummings has some insight into those questions. Erica is a financial advisor with the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. And this is her podcast, A Strong Woman for Strong Women. I'm Patrice Sikora. Now, Erica, thinking and worrying are two very different states of mind. How do they impact success when it comes to investing and maintaining wealth? Hi, Patrice. Well, It isn't the rational brain that's driving most of our financial decisions, but rather the emotional ones. The emotional brain is the part of our brain that produces fear and produces greed and with life-altering results based upon irrational reactions to short-term events. And we've really seen that lately within Mm -hmm. the news where lots of short-term events, lots of people making really quick decisions. And some of these events are oftentimes just mere perceptions. They're derived from the noise of the financial industry and the media that surrounds it. And unfortunately, it is these emotional reactions that continuously derail the average person from ever truly experiencing financial success. For many people, the largest worry that we have is maintaining money throughout our lifetime, whether that's retirement or being able to put our thoughts through college. The goal of wealth accumulation and preservation has no correlation to an arbitrary benchmark or a geopolitical event. Wealth is built on using sound judgment, solid planning, and faith in the future. And we use our binder process to focus on reconnecting our clients with their rational brain and understanding what truly matters. We want to change bad habits, prevent lost opportunities and stop procrastination. (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) This can only be achieved through continuous communication, mutual respect and education. Our process is there to guide our clients through what I consider to be life's most critical financial events. These transitions are often scary. They can be overwhelming. They seem so big and daunting. So we help to break down those big decisions into small, manageable steps with realistic expectations so that that person can fully embrace their present and then also look forward to the future. But that emotion is always going to be there, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's very, very hard to, and that's why, quite frankly, working with someone is what helps people manage that behavior, that emotional part of your decision-making process. We all know that sometimes our best decisions are made when we take a step back, we do research, we think things through. I always say, don't ever send that immediate text. Don't ever send that immediate email because it's oftentimes an emotional reaction. So it is really hard. We're not going to be able to eliminate it altogether, but truly the best decisions are made when we think rationally about them before we move forward. All right. Now you call this a binder process or the binder process. Yes. Binder being an acronym, right? 
Yes. And then yes. what does it stand for? So the letters themselves, the B is for believe, I is for identify, N is for navigate, D for develop, E is education, and lastly, R is for reach. All right, now we'll start with B, obviously. Believe, that can be a very strong word. It, it can, and it's especially difficult when we're being tested in terms of where we are currently versus where we should believe we can be. So what we mean is believing that a balanced, fully engaged life is possible. This is essentially having faith in the future at all times. And it's really hard to remain focused when we're in the midst of a market correction, or especially the past year's pandemic, or other more personal life-changing events like a job change or health issues or the loss of a loved one. Any one of us can quickly lose our ability to remain optimistic about the future, and we can sometimes downright fear it. So you're stuck in the present and you're worried about the fact that it might actually get worse. However, after 30 to 40 years of accumulating wealth, so you're working and you're, er you're earning and you're saving during those working years, and then another 30 or so years living off those assets in retirement, your financial success may very well be directly tied to how you reacted during those life-changing moments and how you viewed the future. So many of us have faced our worst imaginable fears already. We may have lost a loved one, a spouse. We may have had to deal with massive job change or job loss. And what do we do during those times? We continue. And the only thing that might be driving us during those times is that faith in the future. And that faith in the future, it will be better. Yeah. Faith is required for living any sort of good life without it the slightest wave in your world may send you tumbling. And let's face it, when you live 80 plus years, our world is full of waves. So we always need to have faith that the future will continue to bring better things. And I know this is not easy. We get tested but, all the time. And, but as you say, with someone there with you, it helps. It does help. And whether that's as a financial advisor to help people make those difficult decisions on their financial plans, or whether it's turning to your spouse, if you need emotional support, whatever it might be, it's always good to look outside of yourself in order to remain faithful in the future. But that belief in the future is the attitude we should have when we are investing for the long run, when we plan our financial future, and most importantly, when we experience life's hardships. Having this belief is knowing that optimism is the only realism. And so through our process, our binder process, we use historical data to guide us. And not with blind faith that runs contrary to reality, but faith in the future from a financial standpoint that even though markets go down, we have recessions, we have difficulty in our economy, that the only way that we shouldn't have faith in the future is if we truly believe that companies will never sell anything again, that we will never buy anything again, and that society as a whole will not always be searching for a better way of life. And we know that's not true. And history has proven over and over and over again that we get through these times. And that's why it's most important to have faith that, that the future will be brighter. And again, I can't stress, optimism is the only realism. And that is the word we really could use these days. That yes, we can, yes. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, the, the next letter here is I, identify. What is it you're looking for? Yes, yeah, so step two in the binder process is identify. We're identifying 
any obstacles that are holding you back, investment opportunities that you might be missing, and financial roadblocks that are leading to procrastination. Throughout my career, I have made two very important observations about successful people. Our financial needs evolve over time, and with increased wealth comes increased complexity. Complexity in what? Complexity in what you need. So the planning needs that you have. So as we're trying to achieve financial security, as we're working and we're trying to save in our 401ks and we're trying to put money away for our future, our primary concern is, will I be okay? Will I have enough? Will I have saved enough? Am I going to be able to live financially independent? Over time, as that wealth accumulates, we gain some relief from that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So there's a point usually when you're saving that you say, okay, I think I'm doing a good job. I think I've gotten to the point where I am not constantly worrying about having that financial security. However, as our resources increase, a new concern can begin. And that's what am I missing that could hurt me or take away that security? So here you've worked and gotten the security and now you're worried it's going to disappear. Exactly. So this is where the meaningful work from the binder comes into focus. We're shifting from creating financial security to creating a process for the financial structure of your life. The concern shifts from not having enough money to having a holistic wealth plan that covers a much larger scope. We go beyond just investment management to a much larger view. So for example, risk management, tax considerations, wealth transfer strategies. Imagine when you meet with a new doctor for the first time. All right. They often hand you a clipboard. Oh with yeah. A comprehensive form to <laughs> yeah. fill out, which includes all of your history, how you're currently feeling. I don't know of many doctors that would blindly recommend a future course of action for your health without knowing what you've been through and what you're feeling now. And this is how we approach your financial life. We want to know the experiences that you've had up until we've met, what you're facing right now, and then begin to identify what you will need in the future. That's a great analogy. I never thought of it that way, but it's absolutely true. There, there's a lot of similarities between taking care of your health and taking care of your finances, which we all know we'll see is, is a constant theme that we refer to in the podcast is that it is your financial wellness. And so if you think about sitting down and talking with us, we want to know what you've experienced in the past, what is causing anxiety right now for you or causing pain or discomfort so that we can then figure out how to, how to kind of move forward with a plan to correct that course. All right, that leads us into navigate. Tell me about that one. So navigating is when we look at your wealth needs in a coordinated fashion to help alleviate stress and help you sleep well at night. This is where we begin to set those financial goals. You are essentially setting your own unique financial priorities. Success doesn't simply happen. People mm -hmm. reach the pinnacle of their potential because they've set themselves goals and then plan to make those dreams come true and act in accordance with the plan. So if you think about all walks of life, the successful people are goal setters. Athletes spend hours each day training to become Olympic gold medal winners. Entrepreneurs learn new skills to help them create and develop new businesses. And I don't know of anyone that ran a marathon on the first day they started training. 
or in each case, so they stop. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in each case, the, we, we kind of set our goal first. So what, what is the end point we want to reach? The gold medal, the new business, the finish line at the marathon, they're all that longer term goal. And without setting these, the athlete, the entrepreneur, the runner would not be able to then plan, kind of go backwards. We know this concept of you start a year out and then you plan going back to what do I do today to get to that point. And this is how we begin to plan and prepare. If we don't do that, we will never reach our goal. Do your clients have a hard time understanding that or do they have goals? Do you have to help them real, um, not, not realize their goals, but find their goals, identify their goals. So what happens with clients is it's not that they don't, they have a vision and there is a difference between a vision or a dream and a goal. I can say, I want to retire. That is a, in most right. people's minds, that's a goal, but it's not really a goal if it's not specific and if it's not, there's not steps to get there, we haven't looked at exactly what it's going to take, what does retirement look like, when, how much do you need, how much are you saving, and then we have to actually test the plan, obviously, to make sure what you're looking to achieve mm -hmm. is realistic. And so it's not that people don't have, quote unquote, goals, but they're not, they're not fine-tuned enough to have a path forward. So if I said, I want to lose 20 pounds, okay, what's next? So then we plan out a meal plan or we plan out an exercise plan. Okay, great. What does that mean right now? What should I be doing tomorrow? And it's those smaller, simpler steps that help people to get to those goals. So I don't know the last time I sat behind the steering wheel of my car, started it up and then just drove. Typically... <laughs> We know where we're going. <laughs> right. I often use the analogy of building a house. So if I want to build a house, we need architectural plans. We need to know what part of the house should be built first. We need to know what we could be expecting along the way, what types of things could derail our plans. So we think of all the things that we've planned in our life. And oftentimes when it comes to retirement, that's just really, it's, it's a dream. It hasn't been broken down. And there's plenty of other wealth plans that we have out there. Like I said, whether it's putting our kids through college or we want to build a business or we want to have wealth transfer for our family, all of these things are long-term plans and they are goals that we want to set for ourselves. And I love this one phrase that you've got here. The only people who fail are those who fail to plan. Makes right. sense. Yeah. I'm an optimist. Going back to believe, I am an eternal optimist. And I have worked with many people along the way that have come to me and thought that their situation was hopeless. And when we're done, I'm not saying that what they see is exactly what they wanted, but we give them a plan that is achievable. And even though it may not be exactly what their wildest dreams would have been, it's achievable and it's manageable and it is immediately a stress that has been lifted from their life because right. they now they now have a path. So to me, without a planned destination, you may not be lost necessarily, but you certainly aren't moving or going anywhere meaningful anytime soon. So financial goals provide that destination. They give you a target. It gives you a reason to wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm tired. 
I'm not a morning person myself. I'm tired. I got to get up. It's Monday. Time to go start the day. Why am I doing all of this? Why am I working towards this? Why do I look at my paycheck and there's this chunk being taken out from my 401k? Or how do I decide how much should go in the 401k versus spending money on things that we want to do in the present? All of this helps to give a target and it helps to stop your finances from wandering aimlessly. And it's only when you know where you want to be that you can plan the journey that'll get you there. This is also a critical time. You know, I'm a big advocate for females being involved in all of their financial planning. This is a critical time to make sure all participants of the plan play an integral part of the conversation. We're getting better over the years, but I can tell you 10, 15, 20 years ago, unfortunately, a lot of those women were not present during these conversations. And it's not necessarily that the success of the plan won't happen, but the fulfillment and the, the enjoyment of it is what is oftentimes lacking if we don't have everybody's input. So I think we can all agree that some of our best decisions are made when the opinions and the desires of everyone involved are considered. Do you find yourself sitting in between people, sometimes couples who may have been married for some time, who have very different ideas about where they want to go? Yes, especially when it comes to men and women. And so it's really important. And what I love is that because we stress so much that everybody should be involved in the decision-making process, it is rare, and I say really, really rare, that there is a complete disrespect of the other's opinion. Oftentimes it's enlightening for the other person. They didn't know that this was either what was stressing the other person out or that they were, uh, they wanted to achieve these things or how important those things were. And I think whether it's a small decision, like a vacation, when we can take them again, (laughs) so where we want to go or something much bigger, like how we want to parent and where we want to retire and what we want that retirement to look like. Those are all decisions that are, are definitely better when everybody's opinions are involved. Mm-hmm. Although I will say some of the biggest decisions in our house right now seem to be what are we having for dinner and where That's to keep big. the therm- Yeah. <laughs> and where to keep the thermostat. That's another one. <laughs> we have very different opinions on that. But whatever the decision, it's usually more fulfilling when everyone has their opinion heard or validated. And also this navigation plan is not a one and done exercise. Our lives are fluid, constantly changing. So we should be checking in regularly to make sure that we're still on the right path, that our financial plan is still meaningful and relevant, both personally and strategically. And now you alluded to this, developing a roadmap, D, develop. Yes. So developing a roadmap, using your finances, the partners and the existing relationships to help achieve that balance, that strength and that success. So first we integrate all of our priorities that you've expressed through that identify process. And we navigate the steps with the real assets in your life. We all have our left and right side of our brain. Mm -hmm. The right is more creative It's often where our hopes and our dreams live, our big vision for the future. And we love thinking with that side of the brain. It's fun. It's exciting. But we can't ignore the left side, the analytical, the critical thinking side. 
During our developing phase, we are finding the place where those two worlds overlap. So we're taking both the qualitative and the quantitative information and creating a realistic plan for the future. And in my 20 years of experience, one of the biggest contributors to financial success is having realistic expectations. Whether they be about spending, about saving, about our longevity, when we can retire, how much we can spend during that time period, we have to find the right mix between what we want and what is really possible. Oh, but realistic expectations take all the fun out of it. It does. I know. I know. It takes the fun <laughs> out of it in the moment. I, I remember hearing or reading somewhere that when there's a big lottery jackpot, that it's actually healthy for your brain to dream about what you would do with that money. Oh, because it's the right thing. Yeah, all of us are. <laughs> it, I've had actual hour-long conversations with my husband about what we would do. And it's exciting. I mean, it's certainly, and it, what it does is it takes you out of your, your present stressful world and it just kind of puts you in a fantasy. It's almost like reading a book. And to me, there's nothing wrong with that. But we also know we're probably going to work the next day. <laughs> so right. in that hour, we don't go on Amazon and spend millions of dollars buying anything that we want. So we have to find that right mix about, like I said, what we want and what's really possible. And this process can be both enlightening and very blunt. And I am blunt. So I really, really take it seriously when I'm giving someone advice about incredibly important times in their life, whether it's, like I said, when they want to retire or whether or not they have what it takes to, to build a business. I am blunt and straightforward, but ultimately when you have that realistic plan, it is the guiding force in all of your future decisions. Mm -hmm. And that really comprehensive plan, it has to include all aspects of your financial life. So we strongly encourage incorporating your other trusted advisors in the process. So your CPAs, your attorneys, if you work with a real estate agent, they'll help us gather that additional insight needed to make sure the plan is always moving in the same direction, that the right hand always knows what the left hand is doing. Okay. And this process is liberating. It really, really is. Clients have said to me for years that they immediately feel a sense of relief, a sense of purpose. We don't usually hear, I wish I never went through this process. If anything, they'll say, I wish we came to you sooner. Yeah. So much like when I first get on the treadmill in the morning, the first five minutes is awful. I've been doing this for decades. And the first five minutes, I feel like, oh my gosh. But at the end, I've never looked back and said, boy, do I regret that. Yeah. We're happy when it's done. And as I mentioned before, this plan will be continuously kind of able for you to be monitoring it and make sure that you're staying aligned with not just your financial goals, but your, your feelings about the plan. So you'll be able to look at this on a regular basis and say, is this where I want to be? I have a new opportunity. Where does that fall in line with the plan? Because like I said, our lives are very fluid. And also when markets get tough or life gets hard, Having that plan can sometimes be the best tool, the best anchor you have to make it through those tough times. Right. And I, I use this, another analogy, uh, if you think of life as a series of critical financial events, some of them are planned, where we want to go to college, the house we want to buy, or the job that we choose to take, and others are unfortunately completely unplanned, like losing a job, or going through a divorce, or the death of a loved one. Think of your plan like a mattress. 
our goal is to make that mattress as thick and as stable as possible. So when those unexpected events occur and you stumble, the fall will hopefully be a bit softer. Basically, there's a lot of relief in that letter. Yes, yeah. a lot of relief. And you're going to fall. There's, there's no question. But if that mattress is thick, if we've done the planning correctly, we cannot time when, when terrible things are going to happen. We don't know if they are or they aren't. And we certainly can't prevent them from happening. But when they do, the better prepared you are, the, the quicker you can get through and have that optimism and that faith. Now, I know you're talking here about uh, being prepared. I know education is important to you. And being prepared means being educated, which is the E in binder. Yes, this is a big one for us. So we want to educate our clients with continuous insights, resources, and coaching so that they feel empowered with information as much as we can get them from good, reliable sources. And we really consider ourselves true advocates for investor education. There is so much noise in the financial industry and opinions run the gambit. Whether it's listening to our neighbor, a family member, coworkers, <laughs> network news, it can be really hard to decipher what is important. Financial literacy is so important. And it's not taught in the schools. No, no. And for many, it will encompass just about every aspect of a person's life, whether you think it is or not. It becomes a part of almost every big decision we make. To me, being financially educated means the difference between feeling like you are just surviving to knowing that you are thriving. Mm -hmm. So our mission is to help our clients believe what is possible, identify how to get there, navigate all the options, develop a plan, and most importantly, educate them every step of the way so they fully understand the process. We want our clients to be fully present during this. We want them to understand why we're recommending certain income strategies, why we're choosing certain investments, what tax implications they may face, and how to plan for the unexpected. If they understand it, they're more likely to stick to it. Yes. And we, we feel so strongly about education and transparency. Imagine if you were going in for surgery. You're going in for a big surgery. You sit down with your doctor and you ask them, you know, what should I expect? How long will the recovery be? What are the possible adverse outcomes? You know, all of those questions that are going to help us feel more at ease about what we're about to do. And then also have an idea of what to expect coming out the other side. Imagine if his or her answer was, don't worry, I'm a doctor. <laughs> How comfortable would you be <laughs> not moving not, forward? <laughs> no, not. Exactly. And, you know, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people experience is they're, they don't understand what they're saying yes to. They don't understand what's being said in the conversation because it is complicated. It's made to be complicated. We don't want you to have that feeling. We want our clients to feel as comfortable as possible. And if they have questions, feel confident to ask them. That's a hard thing. It is very hard. And that's why it's really about having mutual respect and knowing that there are no wrong questions. There's nothing you should feel 
weird about asking. It's important to sit down with us and ask the questions that you would be asking, like I said, the doctor. And it is completely acceptable to say, I, I want these answers and I deserve these answers. So education goes to me beyond our expertise too. This is where we talked about the other dimensions of strength and we talk about the other parts of your life. We have workshops and have had them in the past and hopefully we'll be able to have them in person again where we address those other really important aspects of your life that are just as critical. So you can have an opportunity to learn from the experts in these other fields. And we also plan on having them as guests on the podcast so that they, they can share their expertise in these other areas. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So that's B I N D E leaves us with R mm -hmm. and that's reach. So yes. I really didn't understand the reach. Tell me about that. So reach is really about it's, having a support system. It's going through the process with other people that are living it with you and bringing in an outside perspective. This is all about creating a community. And sometimes the best way for us to help our clients feel secure is to have them meet other clients, whether it be in a social setting or through our education programs. I remember going back to 08 and 09 when we were in the financial crisis. We had initially several events where we brought out all the charts and the graphs and talked about historical bear markets and times where we've been through similar situations like this and what made that time different versus the current situation we were going through. And it was great in the beginning and people enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough. I mean, that was a long time period and it was really, really tough for people to have that faith in the future. So we started conducting luncheons weekly for our clients with really no set plan. They came to lunch, they brought the people that they cared about in their life, whether it was their friends or you know their brothers and sisters, and it was just an open forum. They asked us questions, they talked to each other, they expressed concerns, and it was really cool to watch that sometimes just hearing from someone else that was in their exact same position made more of a difference than some of those historical charts and graphs. Sure. Yeah. especially when I'm in my mid-career. And so people look at me and say, oh, well, sure, Erica, you're not retired. You're not worrying about whether the market's going up and down. You have plenty of time to save. When they hear from someone who's in their same situation, they are retired. They are feeling the feelings that they are, are going through. It, it just makes such a world of difference. So we want our clients to know that we're there for the people that they care about and that we're trying to create an environment where they can learn from each other. Okay. And ultimately the goal of this whole binder process to kind of sum it up is to create clarity in your financial life by finding the overlap between what we can control and what really matters to you. And that's where the success and the balance can occur. And what I really find amazing here, and it makes absolute sense, is at the end of this whole process, this binder process, your client gets an actual binder. Yes. So now, is, is that the end of the exercise, though? It's not the end of the exercise, because if you remember from the, the parts of it, we we continuously will help you to review. And we know that things are going to be, like I said, fluid in your life. However... What's nice about this is we finish the, that initial process with the client and they'll have this physical binder 
that includes all of their most important financial documents that we've used throughout this process to create their plan. It has tabs that include retirement planning, insurance, taxes, estate planning, et cetera. And it's designed to help you gather all of the information needed in a crisis. That is wonderful. It is. Yeah, we help our clients organize these critical, personal, financial, medical documents all in one place. So the people they care about, the people who will be caring for them, know where to go. Clients can sleep at night knowing that their family knows where the binder is. So you don't have to necessarily sit down with your family members and talk numbers and talk details. They just need to know it exists and where it is. And when we meet to review their plan, so we have our regular meetings, because like I said, life is fluid. We make sure the binder is always staying up to date. So we live in a digital world now. We're constantly changing usernames and passwords. Those are the things that we want to make sure we're keeping up to date. And it's really about taking, looking at what would happen if you were, if something was to, were to happen to you, right. who is the person or the people that are going to have to come in and make sure that all of your wishes, everything that you've set up for your life are all taken care of and the future plans that you had for the wealth you've accumulated and all of the things you have in your life are, are fulfilled. So my experience has been that during a crisis, when something happens, when emotions are peaking and the mind is racing, it can be really hard to think clearly or make rational decisions. Going back to the beginning, that rational versus emotional. So what we're trying to do here is just get organized and complete things like basic estate planning documents and making sure that it's easier for people to access before something unforeseen happens. And it really may spare your loved ones from unnecessary stress during a difficult time. Do you and make sure that your clients share that this binder exists? Absolutely. We want to make sure this can be helpful for a couple. So my experience has often been that one person takes care of a lot of the financial day-to-day whatever those duties are. Yeah. We all have our responsibilities. We've had snow. I don't take care of the driveway. So it's, <laughs> we all have what our responsibilities. You? Yes. Uh, so we, we want to make sure that as a couple that we are, that the other person, if, if they're not the ones that are, that are day-to-day -day handling the finances, know where the binder is, know what's in it, know what to do if something happens. And then uh, here's a perfect example. My kids are still younger. My mom would be the one that would take care of them if something was to happen to us. In the past, when we've traveled and been able to go on vacations together, my mom's been the one that's watched our children. She knows where the binder is because she's going to be the one to take care of things. Right. On the flip side, my mom has a binder. So if something was to happen to my mom, I know where the binder is. And so to me, not only is this a conversation you should be having with yourself and the people that would be taking care of your situation, but also who are you going to be taking care of? Mm -hmm. Good point. So having that conversation as your kids get older or having that conversation with your parents. And it really, it's not easy. These are not easy conversations to have. We're talking about not pleasant situations, but I, I know from my experience that having the conversations earlier and being prepared for them does make it so much easier so that when the time comes, and I, I say when, because 
we know that we're not going to be here forever. And we know that we're most likely going to have to take care of somebody that when that happens, you really just have to worry about grieving. You don't have to worry about going through someone's house and digging through drawers and trying to figure things out. Your focus is to be present in that moment, feel all the feelings and know that there's a plan to take care of all of the rest. Erica, how can listeners reach you when they, if they want to talk about this binder process, if they've got any other questions for you? So we have a website, harmonyfinancialwellness.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I have a personal page on LinkedIn. You can certainly email me, erica.cummings at rbc.com. And obviously subscribe to the podcast. We'll have lots of future episodes. <laughs> Indeed, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, A Strong Woman for Strong Women. And yes, that is Erica Cummings, financial advisor with the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Uh, you subscribe, you'll be among the first to know when a new episode is available. And of course, to let your friends know by sharing. I'm Patrice Sakora, And let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional service provider.